You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. As life goes on, you're going to experience a lot of different things depending on what point of life you are in. And let me tell you from James chapter 5, what we just read, that I never really saw so clearly as I did this time, that in every question asked, in every situation, what God is saying to us is this is how you're to react as a person of faith, as a Christian. Are you in trouble? Pray. Seek God. Life is filled to the brim with a dynamic range of experiences, namely trials, hardships, struggles, and even suffering. How we respond to each moment in life can make all the difference in the world, for better or for worse. In today's message, Pastor Danny will teach you that no matter what life throws at you, God is always just a prayer away. In his study, you'll learn the importance of regularly seeking God in prayer through the thick and thin of life. Do you pray in the midst of life's troubles? Here's Pastor Danny in the book of James, chapter 5, with today's edition of The Living Word. James, chapter 5, verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? Don't raise your hand. He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Elijah, powerful and effective in prayer, but he is just like us, human. Now, this is, for me, one of the most difficult passages in Scripture, and I'm not alone And because it is so challenging, there are really varying differences on what God is really saying here. For example, someone I highly respect, but we would certainly disagree on this point, John MacArthur. I'll read you a quote from him. I'm convinced that the thrust of this passage has absolutely nothing to do with physical sickness or disease at all. It is not a passage about healing physical diseases. It's a passage about healing spiritual weakness, spiritual weariness, spiritual exhaustion, spiritual depression, which calls for spiritual means, namely prayer. Now, the word translated sick can sometimes be used in the Bible for emotional or spiritual weakness, but the majority of the uses of the word sick are for physical infirmities. And so he's smarter than me. But I disagree with him, nevertheless, uh, John MacArthur, on that point. What I'm going to try to do is go at this text in light of other Scripture, and that's the way you ought to to always interpret Scripture. Uh, Scripture will always interpret Scripture. But before we get into it any further, let me let you know something that was enlightening to me from the text that I never saw 
never really saw, especially as clearly as I saw it uh, this particular time through. Before I tell you what it is, uh, it would be good for me to read you from the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You don't have to turn there. Uh, You can just listen. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, time to plant, time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal. Time to tear down, time to build, time to weep, time to laugh, time to mourn, time to dance, time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search, time to give up, time to keep and a time to throw away, time to tear down, time to mend, time to be silent, time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Now, what is God saying through the pen of Solomon there? Very simply, he's saying, as life goes on, you're going to experience a lot of different things depending on what point of life you are in. And let me tell you from James chapter 5, what we just read, that I never really saw so clearly as I did this time, that in every question asked, in every situation, what God is saying to us is this is how you're to react as a person of faith. As a Christian, are you in trouble? Pray. Seek God. Are you happy? The word means you're cheerful. I mean, you're merry. You're in good spirits. Then put in some doobie brothers. No. Sing songs of praise. Sing songs of praise. And if you're sick, and the word for sick means powerless, without strength. The idea is, this is serious. You can't really get around like you normally would. You may be bedridden. What do you do? You call for the leaders of the church to pray for you. And every response to every situation is a reflection of a focus on God and a fellowship with a family that's the family of God. And the kind of fellowship where we're confessing to one another our failures, where we're praying for one another. Did you catch that? Very clear. Matthew chapter 12 records Jesus' family, his mother Mary, his brothers and sisters, coming to find him because they think he's out of his mind. Uh, They get to where he is, they send a messenger in, and the messenger says, "Your, your mother and brother and sisters are outside, they want to see you. And here's what he said. He pointed to his disciples and he said, who is my mother and my sister and my brothers? He who does the will of God is my mother and my sister and my brother. Now, he wasn't trying to be rude or disrespectful to Mother Mary or his other siblings. He was just stating a truth that the closest ties for the Christian, ties that go deeper than even blood can because we're of a family that's going to live together forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Are you with me? It's the family of God. Revelation chapter 2, Jesus speaks through this letter to the church of Ephesus. Let me read you what he says in verse 3. Verse 2, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, have found them to be false. You've persevered, you've endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. Now, that's quite a, a host of commendation for this church. Verse 4, he says, yet I hold this against you. You've forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. In other words, I'm going to take away the testimony that you once had. 
I have a firm conviction of what leaving their first love was. All you got to do is go back to the letter from Paul to the Ephesians, Ephesians, you go to chapter one, you read in, for example, verse 15, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you. You get to chapter two, Ephesians verse 21. He says in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him too, you two are being built together. To become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole whole family in heaven and on earth derive its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, long, high, deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You get to chapter 4, verse 2. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Put up with one another. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body, one Spirit. Then he closes out chapter 6, verse 23. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now hang with me on this for a minute because I think that's a message from James chapter 5. John 13, verse 35, Jesus said this. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Now, I go back to Revelation 2 and all the commendation for the church of Ephesus, and those are, those are commendations. But I believe, again, if you look, it's just those few verses in Ephesians, you know what the height they fell from was. They got their doctrine down. They're persevering through hardships. They got a long history, a track record, but the relationships in the church are not what they used to be. And there are a lot of things that can cause a church not to be as relational as God intended for Christians to be. You can just be into your own family. You can be unwilling to forgive. Colossians 3.13 says, forgive one another as the Lord has forgiven you. That means... No matter what the offense, they'll learn to forgive. He he forgave us everything. Look at what we've done against him. That's all we have time for on today's edition of The Living Word. There's more to learn from the book of James, so we hope you'll join us again. Pastor Danny Hodges leads and serves the Lord as pastor of Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and each new edition of The Living Word that you hear is from one of his messages given to the congregation. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we want to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Come just as you are for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Bible on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. You'll be able to find directions at our website, ccfstpete.church. If you're not in the area, you can still join us virtually through our live stream. 
You'll find a link at the top of the page at ccfstpete.church. Is there anything that we can be praying about for you? If so, please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. We love that we can do this for our listeners, and we'd be happy to answer any questions you have to the best of our ability. Would you also pray for us? Please pray for Pastor Danny as he continues to share the Word of God, and for the listeners who, like you, are tuning in to hear truth and love. Pray for protection and for open hearts. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in to The Living Word.